smaller in number, <clears throat> allow me the opportunity to play to one side of the room. And so that, that makes it easier. I, I get fewer steps uh, on my, my, I don't close my rings, but, uh, but at least you're all on one side. Um, we've been, we're, we're finishing up a series today uh, about living radically and what it looks like to live radically different from the world and why we are liberated and free because of Jesus Christ, to live that way. Because there is no other choice but Jesus. There is no other option but Jesus. There is no other end, no other destiny, if not for Jesus, that doesn't end in condemnation. And so, because we have the one way out, if we choose to take advantage of that one way out, then we have no alternative but to live radically different from the world. We have nothing to gain by keeping one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. You cannot live that way. And so we've been looking at the different ways that we are called to be different, the different ways we are called to be radical compared to this world and how we can uh, embrace that, fulfill that, and, uh, and, and understand more fully and appreciate more fully what we are called to. And we conclude today <clears throat> talking about a radical kind of love. Love is a very nebulous term in our world today, and it is an often abused term in our world today. Um, we struggle to define it. We struggle to understand it. Uh, and every time we think we have a, a grip on love, uh, it, it's changed. Because we all love different ways, and we are loved, and we feel loved different ways. We have different ways of showing and demonstrating love and different types of love that we express in our life and in our heart. Um, where I think many of us may be familiar with the different ways that love is found described in scripture even and the different ways that love is used in language. Obviously, we have the love, the romantic love that people have for one another. Uh, we have the love of friendship and brotherhood. Uh, and we have, most often seen in Scripture in dealing with God, a love that is from God, a self-sacrificing love, an unconditional love. And it's very easy for us to get confused because the world is confusing about love. And the world is very conditional with love. Uh, the world is very conditional with everything that it gives us. And if you don't believe me, just read the news today, look who the celebrity is today that is held up and is in high esteem, and then in a year or two get back to me and let me know if that person is still at the top of the heap. Because politicians, celebrities, leaders, business people, all the prominent members of our world and our society are cast aside when there is no longer anything to be gained from them. We are very conditional and transactional with our love and adoration. And yet love is an incredibly powerful thing in the hands of people who properly use it. Love can be healing. Love can be transforming. Love can be saving for those who need to feel it. We saw uh, in the scripture that Travis read that Jesus himself expresses that, law, that, that the, all the law and all the prophets and everything that God has told man to do all stems from one place, love, love. 
because the question that was asked to Jesus was meant to be a trap. It was meant to force Jesus to give an answer, to give an answer that was going to immediately spark debate. It was meant to give an answer that was going to create controversy and to trap him in something. And Jesus didn't want to play that game. And so his answer was, well, what's the most important law? Forget the law. What's behind the law? And underneath all of those things, those ordinances and statutes that were so important to the people is love. The problem with us as human beings is we like boundaries and we like structure and we like rules. It was really great. The first week that uh, Nikki Saunders was teaching uh, Oliver and Jack here on Sunday morning and they're wild. And when you put them together, it's really wild. And I was nervous about it. It's the first time they've been in a Sunday school class together. And the first thing, because she's so good at what she does, the first thing she did was, hey, guys, why don't we write some rules on the, on the whiteboard? Let's come up with some rules. And she got them engaged because kids respond to some structure and some boundaries. We all do. And we like to know what we need to do in order to achieve a desired result. And that's why the law and the statutes and the ordinances became such a part of the people's life. And we want to know what those things are to please God and to care for others. Yet we miss the heart of the message. And we sometimes think that this overarching theme of all of God's laws, which is to love one another, is too simple. We're like, we're like Naaman. You remember Naaman? You remember uh, he, he's, he, he's uh, afflicted with leprosy? And he says, well, I, I need to do something about this ailment. And so he goes to find uh, the prophet, Elijah. And he's told, okay, Naaman... Uh, and he's thinking he's going to get some great concoction, some new medicine, uh, maybe a vaccine. I, I won't go there. Anyway, he is thinking he's going to get something great to cure him of this ailment. And Elijah says, I want you to go to that dirty, muddy river, and I want you to dip in it seven times. And Naaman goes, I came here for something a little more complex than that. I came here for something a little bit harder special. Elijah says, that's the answer. God will heal you if you do this. Now, Naaman eventually does it, and it's not, and it's once, twice, three, five, six. It's not until the seventh time that it happens. Naaman had an easy recipe for healing, and it wasn't complicated enough for him. He wanted something more complex because that felt like it must work better if it's harder to do. And we do that with our faith. It's really hard sometimes for preachers uh, in certain churches to preach about love too much because you'll get someone coming up to you and say, all right, we've heard enough about the love thing. Now knock it off and get back to the rules. You're oversimplifying faith. You're making it too easy. And my response to that is, you think loving other people, no matter what, is the easy part? Have you all met yourself? Have you ever met me? Loving one another is the hardest thing that we are called to do. It is the hardest thing, and yet it is the simplest thing. And we try to complicate faith by making it about rules and laws and statutes and obedience, and those things are a part of who we are. 
and we forget about the simple part. We're naming, standing there saying, okay, but God, give me something complex because I feel like if I'm doing something really difficult and complex, then I'm doing a better job being faithful. And all God says is love one another. Love the people around you and take care of one another. Everything else, everything else will fall into place. Live, walk according to the spirit. Live according to my will. Follow after what I've instructed, but love one another. That's what matters. Do not overcomplicate the will of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a very classic chapter about love, Paul opens that statement about love by saying, it doesn't matter how faithful I am. It doesn't matter how well-educated I am doesn't matter what kind of a theologian I am or a prophet or a teacher. If I don't have love at the core of who I am, none of it matters. None of it matters. This is a big theme with Paul. Nobody knew the law like Paul did in the first century. And yet Paul himself made it clear that love trumps law. Not because the law is not important but because the law does not exist without love at its heart and soul and core. He talked about this in uh, Galatians. And in Galatians, as in many of his letters, he's dealing with debates and conflicts that arise in a local church. And they're dealing with the issue of circumcision. In chapter 5 of Galatians, beginning in, we'll start in verse 4. It says, you've been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. And then this verse, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. So what does mean anything? In the final few words of this verse, he says, but faith working through love. maybe one of the more powerful statements of the New Testament. Paul says after everything, after all, everything that we seek to do and to be and to live according to as Christians, at the end of all of it, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. If we have faith, if we are a people of faith, we will demonstrate that in the way we live. That is a radically different kind of love from the world. The love of the world is conditional, it is temporary, it is surface level. And on its best day, it does not compare to the love that God demonstrated with Jesus Christ. That's also written by Paul in Romans. He says that God demonstrates his love in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for us. With, with no prerequisite, no precondition. As you are, I will love you enough to die for you. Paul himself makes the point, that's not the way the world works. People aren't usually willing to die for one another. If the person happens to be a really good guy, maybe you'll die for them. But most of the time, even for a good person, it's tough to get somebody to sacrifice their life. And yet God looked at us, Jesus looked at us, imperfect, filthy with sin, unworthy, and said, I'll take you just like that. Because God loves to show how powerful he is. And there's nothing more powerful 
than making something unrighteous righteous. And God's love for us makes it possible through Jesus Christ. Where the world is conditional, God is unconditional. Where the world has preconditions, God has none. Where the world's love fades, God's is steadfast. Where the world loves certain people and is picky about who love is given to and who it is taken from, God gives love to all of his people, all of his children. And by the way, when that's referenced in scripture, oftentimes he's talking about the whole of mankind, all of creation. God even loves those who have not accepted Jesus Christ. That's an important thing for us to remember. Because for generations and centuries, God's people had a law. They were chosen by their nationality, their ethnicity, and their tribe. And they were given a law to follow. And if they did, then they were good with God. And then Jesus came and changed all of that. The door has been opened for all people to share in the joy and the rebirth in the blood of Christ. And it was very easy for under the old law to be on the inside looking out and go, I'm glad I'm not like those people. Glad I'm not the Philistines. Glad I'm not the Moabites. Glad I'm not the Edomites. We don't live in those kinds of nations and tribes anymore. At least we shouldn't. But we fall victim to sitting within our church bubble and looking out and saying, I'm glad I'm not like those worldly people. God wants to save everyone. And the, the love that he demonstrated on the cross through Jesus Christ for you is the same love that he demonstrated on the cross through Jesus Christ for the worldly person outside the walls of this church that we would look on with judgment. And we have to remember as important as it is that God's love was so deep that Jesus knew my name when he hung on the cross, he also knew everybody else's name when he hung on the cross. That will change the way we treat people. It will change the way we love. A faithful life is about more than adherence to statute and ordinance. Those are important aspects to spiritual discipline and spiritual living. But it is a proverbial cart before the horse if we do not have love. When you build a house on, a, on no foundation or on a weak foundation or on the shifting foundation of the world and its preferences, that structure will collapse. That is obedience without love. When we build a life of obedience and faithfulness that does not have love as its foundation, we will be swept away as the world shifts, changes, and demands of us. But only by fully realizing the love that God has for us can we reflect that to others. To realize that love is a challenge sometimes because we're not good at loving ourselves and other people aren't good at loving us. And sometimes we don't feel worthy or sometimes we feel too worthy. I've shared this before. Uh, the biggest challenge in my life is I grew up in church. I grew up in church 
in a, in a loving family, in a good Christian home, in Christian schools. And, and someone asked me one time, did you ever feel lost? I remember realizing that Jesus Christ was the source of salvation and that only through accepting him could I have that salvation. But I never remember thinking I'm going to hell. Because I was always kind of close to church. And the time came, and I had the realization, and I did what I needed to do to accept that. But I never felt desperate in my soul for Jesus. And so a challenge for me has been to realize that, in fact, I am lost, and I am a sinner, and apart from Christ, that's how I'll stay. And with patience and love and maturity, God is helping me to realize my value. My value is in what price was paid for me when I didn't deserve it. Because if you fail to understand the depth of your soul's desperation, you cannot understand the depth of Jesus' love, the price that was paid. We all have to recognize the desperation of our soul apart from Jesus Christ in order to accept the love that was in the price he paid. When we realize that love, we turn that love toward others. We make that love what motivates everything we do. For the world, love is an emotion. For the world, love is an emotion and an act and a feeling. For the Christian, love is the beating heart of our soul. It is the core of who we are. It's what makes us who we are, and it motivates everything we do. That's radical love. Radical love is setting aside the concepts and precepts and structures of the world and saying, all that matters, all that matters is faith expressing itself in love. That's who we should be, radically different in how we serve, radically different in how we choose to live our life, radically different in how we love. We are called to be radical. Let's take hold of that, and let's live that way. Dan's going to come lead us in a song to close this lesson, and I want to encourage you that if there is a part of your life that is feeling damaged, that is feeling hurt, that is being dragged down, I can assure you you're not alone because being a Christian is a wonderful life to live and there are many, many blessings, but none of them are immunity to the world. We are not immune to the challenges of this life. And if you need a hand to hold, a shoulder to cry on, or someone to walk with, we can offer that for you. Let us know as Dan comes and leads us. I am.